All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is. SEC, it's good to be here. Um, I'm giving uh, Pat a little reprieve. Um, he's not taking the day off. He's actually giving the sermon today, so we're really excited to hear um, what God's going to be speaking through him. So, um, but it is good, really good, to be worshiping today, worshiping, worshiping with you guys, even if it's on a screen um, and in person here. It's just always good to sing to the Lord. So we prayed a little bit before this about um, these are songs that we've definitely sang before. Maybe even during, um, you know, the shutdown and all that stuff. But uh, the prayer is right now, and the challenge is to make this new. Make your hallelujahs and your praise new to the Lord, because the, the Lord's day is new every day. So we love you, Lord Jesus, and we just sanctify this time for you, Lord God. Let the music and the, and the words and what we're going to hear from Pat um, just ring true to us, Lord God, through your spirit. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And I praise the Hallelujah louder than the unbelief. And I raise the Hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me And I'm gonna sing In the middle of a storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises Word from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated King is alive. And I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. And I raise a Louder. Sing a little louder. 
Well, I hope everybody's doing well today. Um, I'm going to introduce our speaker in a moment, but before that, I wanted to say a few words um, in light of the letter I wrote this week. I asked, is your glass half empty or is it half full? I mean, that's a cliche most of us have heard about for years. There was a visiting speaker, his name was Regis Waneka from Zimbabwe that came through about probably 20 years ago, 15, 20 years, and he, he brought a message and he was talking and he said, when God closes one door, he opens another, but sometimes it's hell in the hallway. And I, many of us never forget that because how many times has the hallway been all that we see? How many times is our perspective on our faith just what we can see on both sides of us? We're all trying to navigate this COVID-19. And um, from what I can tell, you're doing really well with it. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, especially with the fact that a church can be healthy without meeting on Sunday morning. I love Sunday morning. I love gathering. There will be a, di a day when we come back in here and we're going to blow the roof off. In between, we'll have some meetings outside in due time. But I want you to be patient with that. And in the meantime, um, just realize the amazing things you can do, whether it's praying, join a meal with somebody outside in the backyard, socially distance, all that kind of thing. But there's so much we can do and, um, and extend the kingdom. I told the pastors recently that the persecuted church has no Sunday services. And they certainly don't invite people in. To come on, come on in. We're so glad to see you. They actually want to know who those people are because of the nature of the beast. And yet the persecuted church, as I said last week, around the world is growing faster than any other church. And it's not just growing numerically. It's growing in depth through dedication and suffering, too. So, Ethan, are you a half-empty person or half-full? He gave the million dollar answer. He says it depends. A half empty person says, what can go wrong? Uh, it's like my kids always said, how much further? What's going on? There's so much uncertainty and struggle, but God has given us the ability to overcome. The key is do not, do not allow discouragement to get in the way. God is at work, even and especially in the hallway. Listen, it is delight for me to introduce our speaker today. He's one of my favorite people. I've known him for, I think it's getting up towards 25 years. He's a man of many talents and he wears many hats. Um, he's born in South Africa. He came here when he was in high school. Um, after that, he graduated uh, from the prestigious University of California at Los Angeles. And later, he got a master's degree in business administration from USC. Pat never loses. Whoever wins, whoever loses, he always can claim one alma mater over the other. But to me, he's been a true son in the faith. And he has really served this church that we're all part of. Um, for those of you that are watching, uh, over 20 years, he's showed up every Sunday leading worship um, He's one of our elders. He uh, has a home group. 
he carries the burden of the Lord. And if there's ever a person I've known that has a half glass full type person, it's Pat Bray. He's always encouraging and he sees the best in people. So we're going to move forward. Uh, he's married with, to Jenny, wonderful lady with four children, uh, Sam in college, Noah is in high school, uh, Eli's in junior high, and Patterson in elementary. So open your hearts this morning as Pat. I know he's prepared something. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it is an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be here at this podium uh, and share with you guys. Um, appreciate the words from, from Kevin. Um, and it's been an honor. It's been the, the honor of my life to serve this church uh, just uh, as a believer, as a, as a member, and then as, as worship leader. It's been a delight. And uh, a, a, a delight in worship is actually part of what I'm going to speak to. Um, but I'm really excited to, to share. Um, I know that it's been a, a crazy season that we're in. And uh, I have, you know, several of my, I, well, I have this app that, I, that most people know called Evernote. And along the way, in these last uh, five months, I've, I've called my little notepad COVID captures, which are just little words maybe from the Holy Spirit, just um, ob- ob- observations that, that I've made that I've made little notes on. So I'm going to share some of those. Those will be your deep thoughts at the end. Those will be for free um, at the end. But this will be a message today of eg- exhortation encouragement, um, a little testimonial, and some, and some humor. So uh, here we go. Um, so Tiger King, tell me that doesn't feel like three years ago. Seriously, uh, it's, it's amazing how that happened back in March, and it just feels like ages ago. Uh, when, um, what's his name, John Krasinski uh, did some good news. That was so April 2020. And here we are in August. It just seems like, you know, moons ago. I just can't believe how quickly time is just uh, flying by. Days, days are blending. People ask me what, what day it is. I, I say, let me pull out my phone. Um, but anyway, um, I found some really great uh, dad humor about COVID that I just figured I would share with you at, at the outset. So here, here goes. And I know there might be some head shaking back in those living rooms over there, but just, just bear with me. Why do they call it the novel coronavirus? It's a long story. You, you know what they're saying about 2020? It went viral faster than anyone thought it would. I'm not hearing anything out of here. Um, what's the difference between COVID-19 and, okay, by the way, this one's for, uh, for Professor Norton out there. What's the difference between COVID-19 and Romeo and Juliet? One's the coronavirus, and the other one is a Verona crisis. There's probably about one or two people that are going to get that one. Um, this, is, this is good. This is, you guys will, will, will laugh at this one. What do you tell yourself when you wake up late for work and realize you have a fever? Answer, self, I so late. <laughs> what do you call a panic buying of sausage and cheese in Germany? The worst case scenario. <laughs> Um, let's see here. I got a couple good ones here. Uh, nail salons, hair salons, barbers, and tanning places are closed. It's about to get ugly out there. <laughs> um, 
By the way, this is so much better when there's uh, a bunch of live bodies, but I do have a, a loyal audience here. Um, why don't chefs find coronavi coronavirus jokes funny? They're in bad taste. What should you do if you don't understand a, a coronavirus joke? Be patient. The grocery stores in France look like tornadoes hit them. All that's left is debris. <laughs> I'll tell you a, a, a coronavirus joke now, but you'll have to wait two weeks to see if you got it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more where that came from. I'll just leave it there on that. But uh, seriously, though, in this, uh, in this COVID quarantine uh, season that, that we're in, um, you know, there's some downers, there's some cons as, as, you, as you look at it. Uh, one thing is I have a senior who, who graduated high school, didn't get his prom, didn't get graduation, but we did have a real meaningful um, ceremony at, at our house where one of the staff came over, and, and this is a staff that he was able to uh, pick and choose and had her come on property, and we had ourselves a great little ceremony. We had, an, uh, had a, sort of a sister ceremony, if you will, with another family where we celebrated and did the whole pomp and circumstance. So. You know, if you look at it on the bright side, half glass full, as Kevin says, um, you know, you look at that and he never would have gotten his own personalized ceremony had that not happened. One thing I do miss definitely is the common touch points. Um, I think about, you know, all the people you typically see on a routine basis uh, when you do drop off, pick up, when you do, uh, you know, go to games, weekly or monthly standing meetings. Um, you know, now we have to be more in, in, intentional and also understand where everyone's at as, as it relates to quarantine. So a little more thought goes, goes into that. In terms of uh, positives, and by the way, there are many more downers and there's a lot of positives, but these are just some of my musings. I just heard that there's a, uh, this, this is brand new um, because pro people probably have extra time. Listen to this one. I just heard there's a math app that scans a problem and solves it with the breakdown. So Cooper, um, Cooper's a math teacher. If you just scan that problem with all the numbers there, it will actually give you the answer and all the breakdown. So um, that's fresh. Uh, that's got to be a nightmare for teachers and maybe parents because the kids are not learning anything. But just thinking about all the time people have on their hands to be able to come up with that. Chipotle. I downloaded the Ch Chipotle app during uh, COVID. Um, I can drive. I can hit two buttons and I can have my food in the nearest Chipotle restaurant in about 13 minutes. Pull up, grab it, no, no questions asked. I never did that before. can't believe that, that, that one can uh, do that. I know there's a lot of uh, tech people that have probably been doing that forever, but uh, you know, it's just thing, things like that, that that have certainly changed. Watching people make, make the most of COVID, um, you know, just being creative, uh, seeing restaurants open up outside, et cetera. Um, in, in my own world, um, I'm a, a landscape contractor that specializes in artificial turf. And one of my uh, big ben benefits is that people have been foregoing their vacation travel plans and you know, banking that money and deciding, hey, I'm gonna improve my, my home. I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm camped out for the next Lord knows how long. I'm gonna make my backyard look, look beautiful. So that's been, definitely benefited our uh, business. So I'm definitely grateful for that. But my, uh, I have several words today, but one of, one of the main words as we get in, is, is this one. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. Um, that is a big word. It's a word that we hear all the time. But um, if we unpack Psalm 118, it's each day is a rich and precious gift from God with new grace and new opportunities. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be, be glad in it. Um, it's so easy to gloss over that one, but 
he has made us for this day, which, which we'll also get into. Isaiah 33, 6, And he will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Proverbs 16, 4, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. So in this season, we need to pay attention to the, the, the depth of the meaning of, of, of these words. Um, the other thing is, we were made for such a time as this. For such a time as this. It's a phrase tossed around frequently, often without much thought to the original meaning or context in which it was said. It can mean special, chosen, or royal. Many people uh, even quote Mordecai's rebuke to Esther as a life verse representing power and favor. You'll see shirts, hats, mugs, social media posts that proudly ring out for such a time as this. But what did the phrase really mean? When we look at the life of Esther, uh, throughout the book titled In Her Name, the phrase actually refers to Esther being scolded for her self-indulgent, self-preserving mindset. In, in today's language, we might call that being shot down uh, for having narcissistic tendencies. Mordecai reproved Esther for living large and embracing royalty over righteousness. Selfies over surface, service. Through those telling words, he reminded her she had been chosen to set her own interests aside, let go of her own ambitions, and face an enemy full on. She was to risk her life and her legacy with no guarantees of a positive outcome. That's the, for such a time as this, Mordecai challenged Esther to go for. Um, then Mordecai, this is the actual verse, then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than, than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. That's Esther 4, 13 through 14. And that's the, for such a time as this, that God also sets for us. He has given each of us a job, a, a position, resources, education, and more. God has opened opportunities to optimize his kingdom purposes. He didn't place you or me where we are so we could eat figs all day long or post pictures on, on social media. He placed us wherever we are because we are in the midst of a battle and a war. You and I are in the midst of a seismic conflict involving good versus evil. To miss a kingdom assignment uh, because we become too caught up in our own personal kingdom is one of the greatest tragedies we could ever face. Our, uh, an entire nation was grateful for how Esther responded to Mordecai's re rebuke. Their lives were spared. How many souls can be spared in the culture where we live today when we choose to step up to his service, even when it involves sacrifice? So that is, um, in essence, what uh, surrounds um, part of my message. And as, as, we, as we enter into the, to the meat of this, I would just like to, to take a moment and pray that God would just uh, hear our, our heart. Lord, we just uh, come before you. And uh, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that my meanderings, my thoughts, would not get in the way of your holy word, God, that your word would penetrate the hearts and minds of those that are they're hearing your word today, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. So this is the thing. As I wanted to actually, earlier on, you know, in, in, in preparing for this, I wanted to talk about unity. I heard a great word on, on unity, and I thought that it would be a very, very appropriate word, and, and a, lot, a lot has been said around that for this time. Um, 
I've been frustrated. I've been judgmental. I've got quarreled with different brothers and sisters just about different things. Um, you know, uh, blaming, blame, blame, blame shifting. Um, but the Lord directed me to what I look at now as the precursor to that. So the precursor to unity would, would be this. Hu- humility, it comes before harmony. Okay? Humility comes before harmony. And I, and I, I needed that. Um, it has been said, um, Kevin, I think you even referenced this, worship him in the valleys. The valley is where we mature. The mountaintops is where we are in, encouraged. So that's what I'm going to speak to today about being in the valley and seeing the view from, from the valley. So with that, uh, the psalm that, uh, that that really emanates from is Psalm 84. And a lot of you will, will recognize this uh, psalm. A lot of you will recognize this in, in a song that we used to sing um, that kind of goes something like, like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul longs and even faints for you. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. So that's a song that we used to do. We might possibly hear it later on today here. Um, So I'm going to read to you from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place. O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Isn't that an amazing piece of scripture? So that's, the, that's called the view from, from the valley. So Going back, to the, so going back to the verse here, as they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a, a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. The location of the Valley of Baca is unknown and mentioned only here in, in Scripture. The word Baca uh, means balsam, but also in the Hebrew, it means weep. The balsam tree actually weeps um, with, with, with its resin. So we can translate that to translate the Valley of Baca as the Valley of Weeping. Um, it's possible this wasn't even a geographical lo- location, uh, but more figurative, um, describing you know, any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless, like in a pit of despair. Well, this psalm points to some amazing things. Those who trust and worship God expect to pass through the valley of weeping. Okay, expect to pass through. The operative words in that statement being passed through 
The Valley of Weeping is, is a place in which we pass. It's not a place where God's people permanently dwell. Understand that. We, we understand because we are believers that we know that the God has declared victory for us. This, we're, not, this is, we're not stationed here. We're just passing through. The focus of Psalm 84 is, is really, it's the delight of worship, um, if, if you listen, if you read it. It is a psalm of worshipers longing to be at the temple in Jerusalem. So they're, they're on their way, right? Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, in whose heart are the highways designed. So they're on their way to the temple. They're going to worship. That's where, where their heart is. On their journey there, however, they pass through the valley of weeping. But let's pay attention to who, who they are as, as, we, as we read that verse. They are the, the people whose strength is in God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Verse 5. They long and yearn for God's presence. Verse 2. They cry out for the living God. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. They would rather stand at the threshold or the, or, or the threshold of the house of God than live in tents of wicked people. The other translation, I'd rather be a, a doorkeeper or a gatekeeper. The, inter- the interesting thing about that is that uh, the attribution for this psalm is, is Korah, um, son, sons of Korah. And they were actually given the task of being the doorkeepers or gatekeepers in, in, the, in, in Zion. So they, they, they would know what, the, what they're talking about, about the responsibilities of being a doorkeeper. Um, they, they also know God as their sun and shield and live with integrity. They put their trust in the Lord of armies. So this is supposed to be a valley of the weeping, but you hear all that testimony? About, about his goodness, about his faithfulness, because their eyes are focused on God, they see the valley of weeping, not as a place of despair, but as a place to experience the Lord's faithfulness even more deeply, verse 6. Um, one, one comparison is out of uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 12, um, which you don't have to go to, but it's uh, 2 Corinthians 12, and 9 through 10. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, say this with me, for when I am weak, I am strong. Amen. Amen. Um, and there, of course, are other valleys that are mentioned in, in Scripture. Uh, the valley of darkness, uh, even though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of, the de- of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. My own son Noah has had that memorized uh, since he was probably four years old. I was even thinking about having him come up here and tell you, but I'll just let you know. It's a fact. He, he can do it. Um, but there are so many instances, and one of which we're going to kind of dive into here, um, that will illustrate what, what a valley looks like. Um, but are we not glad that he is a God um, not only of mountains, but also of, of, of valleys and how faithful he is to bring us back to him. Amen. So this is a, this example that I'm going to kind of uh, touch on here uh, is one that, that you guys know, but I'm going to tell it in, in, in a, from, from a story that, that I read that was written about an encounter that this person had with a woman. And he said, <clears throat> she had a tremble to her, the inner tremble you could feel with just a hand on her shoulder. I saw her in a grocery store, had not seen her in months. I asked her about her kids and her husband, and when I did, her eyes watered, her chin quivered, and her story spilled out. He had left her after 20 years of marriage, three kids, and a dozen moves, gone. Traded her in for a younger model. 
She did her best to maintain her, her composure, but couldn't. The grocery store produce section became a sanctuary of sorts. Right there between the tomatoes and the heads of lettuce, she wept and, and we prayed. Then I said, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick, but God will use this mess for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish or naive. Don't despair either. With God's help, you will get through this. Audacious of me, right? How dare I say such, such words? Where did I get the nerve to speak such a promise into tragedy? Well, it's in a pit, actually. A deep, dark pit, so steep the boy could not climb out. He had not been able to. His brothers would have shoved him back down. They were the ones who had thrown him in. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Genesis 37, 23 through 25. It was an abandoned cistern. Jagged rocks and roots extended from its sides. The 17-year-old boy lay at the bottom. His hands were bound, ankles tied. He lay on, on his side, knees to his chest, cramped in a small space. The sand was wet with spittle where he had drooled. His eyes were wide with fear. His voice was hoarse from screaming. It wasn't that his brothers didn't hear him. 22 years later, when a famine had tamed their swagger and guilt had dampened their pride, the brothers would confess. This is out of uh, chapter 42, verse 21. We saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us and we, did, we would not hear. These are the great grandsons of Abraham, the sons of Jacob, couriers of God's covenant to a galaxy of people. The name of Jesus Christ will appear on their family tree but they could have had their own reality TV show. The older brothers despised the boy, but here's why. The father pampered Joseph like a prized calf. Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel, but one love, Rachel. When Rachel died, Jacob kept her memory alive by fawning over their uh, first son. Their brothers worked all day. Joseph played all day. They wore clothes from a secondhand store. Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob gave Joseph a hand-stitched multicolored cloak with embroidered sleeves. Jacob treated the 11th, board like a, 11th born like a firstborn. Their brothers spit at the sight of Joseph. Joseph didn't see his assault coming. He, he didn't climb out of bed that morning and think, I'd better dress in padded clothing because this, this day I get tossed into a hole. The attack caught him off guard. So, so did yours. This is him speaking to this woman. Joseph's pit came in the form of a cistern. Maybe yours comes in the form of a diagnosis, a foster home, a traumatic injury, or a calamity that they were going through. Joseph was thrown in a hole and despised. Are you thrown in, are thrown in an, an employment line and, and forgotten? Thrown into a divorce and a, a, abandoned? Um, a, a kind of death, waterless? Some people never recover. Life is reduced to one quest. Get out and never be hurt again. Joseph's story got worse before it got better. Abandonment led to enslavement. Then entrapment. Finally, Im imprisonment. People made promises only to break them, offered gifts only to take them back. If hurt were a swampland, then Joseph was sentenced to a life of hard labor in the Everglades. He, yet he never gave up. Anger never metastasized into hatred. He not only survived, he thrived. He ascended like a helium balloon, and an Egyptian official promoted him to chief servant. The prison warden uh, placed him over the inmates, and Pharaoh, the highest ruler on the planet, Shoulder tapped Joseph to serve as his prime minister. 
By the end of his life, Joseph was the second most powerful man of his generation. It is not hyperbole to state that he saved the world from starvation. How did he flourish in the midst of, of tragedy? We don't have to speculate. Some 20 years later, the roles were reversed. Joseph as the strong one and his brothers as the, as the weak ones. They feared he would settle the score and throw them into a pit of his own making. But Joseph didn't. And his explanation, we find, in, we find his inspiration. As for you, now this is key. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about uh, this present result to preserve many people alive. That's uh, chapter 50, verse, verse 20. You meant evil against me, Joseph told his brothers, using a, he, a Hebrew verb that traces its meaning to weave. The original um, Hebrew was weave. You wove evil, but God rewove it together for good. So that's, that's who he is. He's the master weaver. He stretches the yarn and intertwines all the colors, the ragged twine with the velvet strings, the pains with the pleasures. Nothing escapes his reach. Every king, despot, weather pattern, and molecule are at his command. He passes the shuttle back and forth across the generations. As he does, a design emerges. And this is, this is the point. Satan weaves and God reweaves. Say that with me. Satan weaves and God reweaves. And, 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 and that is the truth. And that's, that's what we have now. Is we have this life interrupted. Um, but I ask you, what is he pre- pre- preparing us for? Something big? Something new? An outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What if it's real uh, trouble and, and, and trial that's, that, that's coming next? Not just this in, inconvenience. Yes, there are deaths. Yes, there's a lot of injury. Um, a lot of unfortunate things happening. But for a lot of us, it's inconvenience. Chaos is birthing, is birthing something new, or at least is clarifying what it is. Whatever it is that's going on, whatever the Holy Spirit is doing, the Lord's clarifying that in this moment. Often in times of difficulty, it's here that we put down deep roots. And again, these are just some of my thoughts during COVID here. If you're striving to park it or, or, or coast, by definition, you've chosen to retreat. Because why? His kingdom is ever-expanding. It's ever-expanding. So if we're just coasting, we are losing, losing ground because His kingdom is expanding. We want to be part of that expansion. We don't want to be doing this, definitely, but coasting, too. The sooner we realize this, the sooner we realize the goal is to be alongside Him on, the, on this road. That will break you out of the, that's not my thing, paradigm. That's wrong. There are things that God will do supernaturally. He will, he will, he will uh, breathe life, breathe, breathe His Spirit into you and call you in, into something new. Just because you're used to this, you grew up with this, you were trained this way, does not mean that you can't do that. Just because someone even told you, oh, that's not your thing, doesn't mean it's not your thing. You can step outside. Life and life abundant opens things up to you that you never could realize could happen. That's the spirit-filled life. Amen. <laughs> if we receive his grace, we receive the gift of grace. And I'd like to read from Romans 12:3, where it actually illuminates some of that here. You guys give me a second here. This is an actual Bible, I'm not using a phone. So 
if we received his grace, if we receive it, we receive the gift of grace. Okay, and this also, I'm going to talk about this is the mark of a true Christian. So, verse 3 in Romans 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not, have, do not all have the same function. So we, through many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in, in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The marks of, of a true Christian. Let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And this is the one I love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let it be a competition about showing honor to other people. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in, tri in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You guys, these are the, are the marks of, of, a, of a true Christian. And we can only achieve this and, and others if we have allowed ourselves to be in, in the valley, to, be, to enjoy the view, to, you know, as, uh, as uh, James said, to consider it um, all joy when we face trials. Why? For we know the testing of your faith pr produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know those mature believers, the ones that have had a, had a long road. They've, they've endured. They've, um, they've been kicked. They've had, you know, their whatever. They've had, their, you know, dust. I mean, they've, they've, all those words that you want to make for going through a hard time, uh, you know some of them because they've come out with this medal. They've come out being processed, being discipled. And it's in the valleys where they mature and where they grow. And uh, that is my in, in encouragement and ex exhortation to you, to, to myself, is let us uh, you know, know that we will be expecting that. And let us go into the valleys looking for that blessing, looking, seeing His faithfulness, and knowing that we are made complete by it. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing too is um, God is also not meddling with the externals. Um, so all this that I'm talking about is really, it's the interior of you, of, of who you are, of, of your heart. And he's not interested in, in externals. Um, I heard Alistair Begg actually said that. He said, in his Scottish accent, he says, God is not meddling with the externals. Can't just put on a jersey and say you're part of the team. And so what do you do? He's a pastor in Cleveland. He got himself a uh, Golden State Warrior jersey and with Steph Curry's number on the back and wore it a few times. <laughs> and, you know, just to, just to needle the uh, Cleveland uh, home, home fans over there. But, uh, you know, that's never going to work. Uh, Alistair Begg's never going to be a, be a uh, Gold, Golden State Warrior. Sorry, I don't care if he puts that, that jersey on. He is a Cleveland, um, 
What's the, what's the team? Cavaliers. Cavaliers. <laughs> Sorry. I love the Cavaliers. I have in-laws in Cleveland, so I, I do love them. They're my, they're my second team. But um, I hope you understand what, what, what I mean here. This has got to be in and through you. Um, and um, I want to end with this, with this quote. This is from a movie. It's not biblical. Um, that is, it's not from the Word. Uh, it's not from Lord of the Rings. Sorry, Mike. Or C.S. Lewis. Uh, but it is the end of a, of a movie that's about a couple of cowboys, modern-day cowboys, who are all about herding cattle. And in this particular documentary, they were um, bathing calves. And uh, this is what they do. And it's, it's not fancy. It's not uh, the kind of stuff you see in movies, but it's, uh, it's real life. But this quote appeared at the end. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because if this is in you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if you are alive in Christ, as Paul said, we're not looking for Christians, we're looking for those alive in Christ. That's, that's, that's a difference. It's not sort of this external thing, that's an internal thing. But if He is alive to you, this will make sense to you. If it's wild to your heart, protect it, preserve it, love it, and fight for it, and dedicate yourself to it. Whether it's a mountain range, your wife, your husband, or even, God forbid, your job. It doesn't matter if it's wild to anyone else. If it's what makes your heart sing, if it's what makes your days soar like a hawk in the summertime, then focus on it. Because for sure, it's wild. And if it's wild, it'll mean you're still free no matter where you are. And that is the life in Christ. It's a wild ride, you guys. It's supposed to be, because we're not going to be banal, dull, sitting and living in, in layers of, of gray. He has got such an amazing path set for us. If we only believe it, if we only see it, if we only you know, give our, our open hands to him and let him be, be king. So that is my encouragement to you guys. Um, I want you to consecrate, consecrate this time of, of COVID. I want you to set it apart. I want you to, to put it out there and say, Lord, consecrate this time. Consecrate whatever we have left of this interruption that you've brought about. However longer it has to go, and we don't know how long, but let's, let's soak up this valley. Let's, let's look at this view from here and say, Lord, I see a beautiful view. I see you. I see your faithfulness. I see your loving kindness, Lord. Amen. Hi, SCC. It's Sam and Alana, and we hope everyone is doing well. Um, the boys are here, but they're asleep because it's late. Um, but we wanted to say hi, and we wanted to give our um, things that we would leave behind and things that we want to take with us uh, in the midst of all of this. So I'll start, um, I'll, I'll do the things that we're going to leave behind. Um, one of the, the bigger things has been needing to tell the boys that stuff is closed basically so we would go to a lot of like the park and pools and the library and it's just kind of sad like we'll walk by the park and like they obviously don't understand and you're telling them that it's closed and and that's just kind of a bummer um i have another leave behind just um I feel like during this time, everybody has their guard up all the time, whether it's mm -hmm. just being at the store, whether it's at work, whether it's anywhere. It's just, it's not like you're turning off. It's just very distant 
Um, and I think that, that there's that feeling out there in total. And I, I don't like that. It feels very cold. Like people are just naturally more yeah. cold. Like if you're at the store, people are trying to keep away from you because we've set that mentality. So. Yeah. So those are things we're going to leave behind. Things we want to take forward with us. Um, one kind of a going along with the having to tell the boys no, it has pushed us into getting into more like parks and hiking and things like that that we like to do already. But um, like we have Graham and Russell out and they're tromping around in the in the woods and things like that. So that's been a lot of fun and something that we um, this has probably pushed us to do sooner than we we would have otherwise. Um, that and then also bringing forward, I think as a family, we've all learned to be a lot more flexible, um, just because our daily routine has changed quite a bit over the last few months with my work, with just what we've had to, to do. And the boys have been awesome. They, for babies, they have just learned to just naturally just go with it, no matter what that means. And that's really great, um, to just have that flexibility. Um, and then also, yeah, be outside and um, enjoy more of those moments, get more time away from the screen. We've, we've done okay mm-hmm. doing that, which is which is nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you all. We cannot wait until we can all be back together. Um, and we're thankful for, for you guys. We're thankful for uh, everyone that's reached out, for the prayers that we know are happening, um, for meals that have been brought by. Um, you guys are great. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Hey guys, uh, it's me, Alyssa. So it's really good to see you all. I've been very encouraged by watching everyone's videos week to week about how it's going and um, just the inspiring work that God is doing in each of our um, church families. It's been really cool to watch. So it's my turn. So I wanted to share this week just that I really want to leave behind um, any leaning on my own understanding that I was doing. I realized how much of that I really relied on and that it led to a lot of insecurity and fear and I don't want to take those things with me. I think in this time of crisis, it has really made certain things evident. Um, It makes um, like open areas of attack for the enemy very clear, Um, but it's cool because God is willing to work in all of those. And so I wanted to share um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you. My power made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And so that's what I'm really hoping is that I can take forward in this time is that the power of Christ does rest on me and I can walk forward um, without um, fear and insecurity of that. Um, I would love to keep the um, just the hunger that this time has really bred and not just me but I've seen it in a lot of people but just in a time of testing in the wilderness God's um, presence needs to be really clear we need him for that um, cloud by day fire by night um, type thing so um, it's that minute to minute second to second even reliance and I definitely want to take that forward so um, if it takes a crisis to do that I hope that there's been a lot of growth from it um, 
So we know that we can be strong and courageous because God is with us wherever we go. And that's something that I think that I knew, but this time has made it all the more um, like very real that we need to have God with us wherever we go. Um, And that I can be courageous in who he is, not who um, I am or who I think I am, um, but really in all of his strength and I can boast in weaknesses. And so he definitely showed me that. um, And it's been an opportunity to test um, new muscles of faith and really relying on um, him to do the work, um, but participating in that. And I have just, I've grown a lot. So I wanna take all of that forward and just leave behind Um, that self-reliance, leave behind um, the slavery really that it led to. And so uh, I am really looking forward to what God is doing um, in the world and our church um, kind of through this time, not just on the other side of it, but even in it right now, we don't know what the other side is going to look like. And so I think that he is preparing us for um, whatever's coming up next, whether that be tomorrow or a year from now. Um, we will have needed this time and this time of pruning and this time of shaking um, to be able to um, battle um, at that upcoming time. And so I just love you guys so much and I pray blessings on your family. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for letting me share. Have a good one. Hi, SEC. Mark and Allison Keller coming to you from Montana on vacation and we're just uh, missing everybody. We wanted to share a couple of things that we are learning from this quarantine life and uh, some things that we want to uh, take with us and also leave behind. So why don't you go ahead and start? Okay. <clears throat> so one of the things that I would love to take with us is kind of a common theme for everybody, it seems. And that's just the small moments kind of taking a minute to slow down and appreciate um, just We've just been, I've just been appreciating the time of not having such a busy schedule and good conversations with the boys and with neighbors and with friends and each other. And um, it's just been a really special time. The years go by so quickly and before we know it, they're going to be in college and we're just kind of savoring this time, making the most of it. So that's something I want to continue down the road. Um, I know life will pick back up and everybody will become busy, but just to hold that tight um, and the memories were forming. Something I would like to leave behind is um, also a common theme for some people, but it's just that um, the stress of the unknown and um, I'm a big planner and I like to see the big picture. And I'm having a really hard time just with the unknown with work um, and now that we're all online, it's, it's very overwhelming for me. And I'm just trying to, um, figure out how I can do, be the best that I can be at home for my students. So that has been just a burden in my mind and my heart. And I know it's God just trying to grow me, but I, um, would love to leave that behind, but I would also like to learn from it and grow from it. And, um, know that it's all going to work out and I just have to keep going. We all have to keep going, do our best. So those are my two hot topics. Yeah. And for me, um, I have really enjoyed this 
change of pace in life. I think we've realized that we've been going too fast. Um, just saying yes to, to everything. Um, and so now we're, we're, we're at a really nice pace of life. Um, I think the, the problem that comes with that sometimes is that when you slow down, you change your routine. Sometimes the routine can be a good thing. I know that, um, um, we've had a great summer as teachers, but there are times where we, or I lose a little bit of a sense of urgency or efficiency in, in my day to day, um, living. So, um, love the change of pace, but we need to remember that, um, we've also got to be, uh, efficient in, in everything we're doing intentional. The intentionality uh, for me of, of reaching out um, to friends um, and doing things like that, I think something that I can work on as we come out of this uh, these times. We miss you. We love you. Take care. One day in your courts, better is one day.